Are you passionate about resolving conflicts and making positive impact in the world? Then USD's Conflict Management and Resolution Master's program may be for you. Learn to address conflicts at all levels, from personal disputes to global crises. Join the Croc School's dedicated community, fostering peace and understanding while you acquire practical skills to navigate diverse settings. Apply now and be the change you want to see in the world. Visit sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. That's sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. My mom says my neighborhood school isn't good enough. How am I supposed to know my kids are getting the best education possible? Welcome to Good Schools for All, a podcast from the investigative news organization Voice of San Diego. We cut through the jargon and polarized debate to get you the news and ideas that matter. Good schools are at the heart of our democracy and economy, and we're about good schools for all kids. We hope you'll learn and maybe teach us something. Enjoy the show. It should be an excellent school in every community. Welcome to Good Schools for All. My name is Scott Lewis. I'm here with my friend uh, Laura Cohn from the San Diego Workforce Partnership. Hello, everybody. How are you? Doing very well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Little Voice San Diego history. Let's hear it. One of the secrets about Voice San Diego is that we have, well, it's not really a secret because it's been obvious <laughs> in our presentation, but we have never, we are this like pioneering online nonprofit, thought about it around the country as, you know, part of this discussion about the future of news and all that. But we have never had much in the way of actual internet or computer or innovative resources we've never like been like very advanced on that hmm, okay so, so basically we were just online that right, was you that, were online that was your advanced that uh, was, high-tech feature yeah so we never had much money invested in it. we never had really you know true pros working behind the scenes trying to make sure we did innovative online stuff you know basically we we just got by and one of the ways we got by is we just slapped stuff together. So I will never forget, we had a, an intern who later became our education reporter, Vlad Kogan. He is now a political science professor at The Ohio State University. Oh. So he was, uh, he had just graduated. He was an intern for a while and he just, he was brilliant. I mean, one of these guys, you're just like, oh, wow, you. <laughs> I offered him Different like plane. Yeah, I offered him like some measly deal to stay here, and he's like, "No, nah, I'm gonna go and pursue greatness." <laughs> but he, um, while he's working as as like a writer, like I said, he's a reporter. He's he and I are talking about things I wish we could do on the site. Right? He goes and buys two big books, one on HTML and one on CSS. Wow! And he cascading style sheets, and he takes those two books. Goes home for the weekend, comes back and starts coding our site. I mean, he was and he was good at it. Like whatever I asked him, I was like, "What do you? What should I do? You know, I'd love to do this and this and this." And then, like four hours later, it'd be done. And that's incredible. I was like, "You just you just put all that in your head, and now you're like you're turning it out." I mean, that's what he's doing with his job. He's taking data and turning and making interesting political science Mm -hmm. conclusions and stuff like that. Yeah, he's just that way. And it made me think like, wow, I beat him in chess once, so I should be able to do that. <laughs> so I, I buy the same books and I go and look at them. And I would spend hours trying to get something right, hours and hours coding, trying to get something to work and 
refreshing and then and then you make a mistake and you don't know what you're doing you go back hours and hours yeah. i i used to work like 70 80 hours a week but mostly because i was just like trying to get something done like this that i had no business <laughs> trying to do but uh that's the whole world of computer science right it's like just loaded with all of these people who either figured it out themselves yeah. or went through some program but it's just this yeah. it's what i learned is it's a language right it's a it's a language it's a set of rules a set of terms a set of like you, that once you understand you can speak it and you can write in it literally write in write code yeah and and it's a beautiful thing and it's a very valuable skill like it's extremely valuable, right? Yeah. I mean, you must have tons of data at the Workforce Partnership. We do, and we have some amazing developers there. And I had an experience um, early in my career where I picked up coding skills in order to do um, statistical analysis. And I loved yeah. what's so satisfying about it. Oh, it's wonderful. Is that you try something, it doesn't work, you figure out where it went wrong and you solve that and all of a sudden it works yeah. or you learn a trick and you can um, make something that was really complicated all of a sudden go really fast and really efficiently. So although, yeah, there's a lot of that frustration. There's also a lot of that satisfaction that comes out of it. No, that's and why I logic spent hours on it. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's addicting, it's isn't that, it? that little yeah. burst of, I did that. I made that. I did that. <laughs> see, see the little blinker thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's why we wanted to do this episode because there's, there are more and more students all the time that are getting that experience earlier so that uh, people who are already in their careers don't have to kind of figure it out on the side. We've got professionals who come to us with those skills um, built in. That's what's that's what's happening in the education system well, right now. Well, and also are, there are a lot of postgraduate, so, so after high school programs that aren't necessarily four-year college degrees that people can start to go to for some of these boot camps on coding. Like it's mm -hmm. a... We're basically there is a gigantic demand for people who can speak that language, who can write and code and and get things and solve problems with computers, yeah. and, and across lots of different job categories. Right. So, yeah, there's demand in our economy for coders, but there's also demand for people who are in communications, who are in design, who are in automotive service, who can do some. And science, um, just regular old basic scientists like my husband are actually coding all the time. So it's starting to get integrated. That skill set is getting integrated across lots of different professional And But we're not categories. meeting the demand. I mean, I know mm -hmm. I have a friend who owns a software company that they, if they could hire everybody they want, they, they would love that. There's just no, it's just very difficult to find people to fill those, those roles. And so if we want those kinds of businesses in San Diego, we got to create the people who can work there. That's right. Time to grow our own. All right. So do we have uh, uh, any indications of, of what's working along those paths? We do. In fact, I came here today uh, thinking I would tell our listeners about the amazing growth of computer science in our region that was seeded in large part, not entirely, but in large part by a program at UCSD between the Supercomputer Center and um, a center called Create at UCSD. They got two NSF grants and use that to really um, teach teachers how to be computer science teachers across our region. It's been um, an amazing um, 
uh, node for growing computer science in San Diego and also has helped us to be a national leader in it. So, But we'll hear more from our guest, Art Lopez, about that. So I want to also mention another great thing that's working is a program that uh, my organization, San Diego Workforce Partnership, runs called Tech Hire. So now students who get some computer science education or experience in high school can apply for a free internship through our organization, workforce.org slash tech hire, and employers in the region can get a paid intern at no cost to themselves. So um, anyone who's interested in doing an internship up to 150 hours should um, check out Tech Hire San Diego. Okay. And a number of the week? So one of the ways that computer science has spread in schools is through an organization called Code.org. Um, they're a great organization started up, uh, uh, I don't know, four or five years ago. And their signal program, their their most famous program is called Hour of Code, where a couple of times a year they have um, kids from first it was all over the country, but now all over the world doing um, coding for a while just to get that experience, get that taste and help build that hunger for them in knowing more. And code.org has actually had, they say that 10% of the students in the world have done an hour of code now and they only started a few years ago. So that's pretty rapid growth and pretty exciting. Yeah. Did your, I heard your daughter may have gotten that taste. She did not. uh, But just this morning at breakfast, out of the blue, she didn't know I was coming in to record this podcast. My daughter, Lila, looked at me and she said, you know what, mom? I think I want to learn how to code. She's a 10th grader. So I said, well... I'll, yeah, I think I can help you with that. Good. So, yeah, it's pretty great. So how would you ramp that up? Like uh, you wouldn't just buy her a bunch of books and say, go for it. Yeah, how, or, how or do you... point her to Khan Academy. I was thinking um, I was thinking I would look for an after-school program that she, This is. I, I'm pretty sure there are places that create safe spaces, especially for girls, to just start experimenting with um, coding. So I was going to look around for, for a program like that for her. Cool. Yeah. We are joined in the Great Voice San Diego podcast studio by Art Lopez, and I'm going to let him introduce uh, himself. What do you do at Sweetwater Union High School District? Well, I am a district curriculum specialist for computer science for our district, and I also teach at Sweetwater High School in National City, and I teach uh, AP computer science principal courses, and I really try to get the computer science courses and a program in our middle schools and our high schools. Okay. All right. So describe the landscape for us right now. How many of these sorts of classes are they in all the high schools? Uh, How many kids are taking them? All that stuff. In 13 high schools and 11 middle schools, we have about approximately 62 computer science courses. Mm -hmm. And I think at last count, we had about a thousand students taking these courses. Okay. And, um, just to give you some background knowledge, uh, about seven years ago, one of my kids came up to me and they told me, hey, Mr. Lopez, why does La Jolla High School, Torrey Pines High School, you know, offer computer science courses and we don't? And I said, wow, that's a really great question. I'm not sure. And I started looking into it and researching it, and I found out that we have 13 high schools, 11 middle schools, 42,000 kids approximately. We didn't teach a single computer science course in our district. When, when about was that? That was seven years ago. Just seven years ago? Just seven years ago. And what were you teaching at the time? I was teaching computer applications and multimedia courses, and they are not computer science courses. No, it's, they aren't, are they? Yeah. No, they're very different. And you, at that point, you're talking about 
the difference between using a computer and making a computer work, right? Well, I think it's more of uh, understanding how to use computers as a tool to solve problems. That's mm-hmm. what computer mm-hmm. science is. And what I like to describe it to people is computer science is not word processing. It's yeah. not spreadsheets, not presentation software. It's about being able to give instructions to a computer, being really creative, coming up with an idea, and then telling the computer how to solve it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what did you do once you realized that you weren't offering throughout the district any computer science. What was your next move? Well, I talked to my then principal, Dr. Roman Del Rosario at Sweetwater High School and say, hey, Roman, let's, we got to do something about this. We got to change it. We need to provide our kids computer science education. And I didn't know anything about this. So uh, one of my colleagues, Joe Pistone, who's now retired, informed me about this program at the University of California, San Diego, and this group that was formed by the San Diego Supercomputer Center and also the, uh, I believe it's called CREATE, the Center for Research and Teaching Excellence Academics uh, at UCSD, and also the Computer Science Department about a new national course to try to teach an introductory college-level computer science course in the high school. It was lacking. The the national uh, landscape was abysmal. They were about... 10 or 11 years ago, there only one high school out of every 10 were offering computer science courses. Recent, as recent as now, there's still only four out of every high schools offer computer science courses. So we realized that we wanted to do something about this. We wanted to change that landscape. So was the district uh, receptive? Yes, absolutely. We're not getting, we're not, we don't have enough kids going into these fields. Like we, there's about... I think there's going to be 10 million jobs predicted by the Bureau of Labor Statistics by the year 2020 in computing. And we need a bunch of computer scientists to run all these great, you know, uh, you know, industry, education, whatever you can think. Computing is involved in everything. Yet we don't have enough people that are going to be able to take these positions. Yeah. This is a serious problem. And how are we going to maintain our technological innovative edge in our country if we don't give our children the potential and also the ability to think about getting, you know, degrees in the field? And Sweetwater, of course, has a high population of kids of Latino descent, and you know they're underrepresented in some of these ranks. You talk about graduating enough kids into these into these ranks. Well, what about you know even just the makeup too? Are is there enough people participating now, Latinos and others, uh, in in these programs, or or is it still a struggle even in your district? It, it's a struggle everywhere. Mm-hmm. So the the they just released some numbers from uh, the tech companies about the numbers of diversity and also about gender. And if you're a, a woman and you're working in the tech field, the the last numbers that I saw, they were predicting something like 18% of the workforce, like at Google, Yahoo, Microsoft, were at that number. But then if you drill down deep and you start really looking at it, a lot of the women that they were looking at were not working as computer software engineers. Mm-hmm. If you look at that number, it goes below 10%. And if you're ethnically diverse, African-American, Latino, those numbers go down below 8%. And now if you're a Latina, African-American female, that number goes below 1%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I actually read recently 
this is shocking, but that those numbers have actually gotten worse over the last decade. I don't understand that, but that's what I that's what I heard. Yes, that is correct. So, as part of what you're doing, not only um, teaching, but also you know counseling them about what they could do, what they can achieve in in that field, uh, kind of helping them picture what might happen. Yes, that's what we really try to do. We try to engage kids. We want to make the class fun. You know, we really want to interest, hook kids into thinking about it because computer science can be daunting when you think about it. A lot of people have this image about what a computer scientist is, and it's not really matching the reality of what's required to, you know, be a computer scientist. So the first thing I tell my kids is like, have you ever thought about creativity as a computer scientist? You have to come up with an idea that you want people to engage with and maybe solve a problem. You have to think out of the box. The best thing I can tell you about computer science courses and this introductory course is it teaches kids how to think. It teaches them logic, analysis, a ton of skills that benefits them, you know, in, the, in everything that they do. But, you know, I... I think the course, what it really proposes, and I think most introductory computer science courses, we try to, you know, we're not interested in in developing a legion of computer scientists, but we want to show kids clearly how important computing and understanding computers are in their lives. They're going to be using them the rest of the, I mean, think about it. They got smartphones, laptops, desktops, you know, tablets, and the, and the technology is evolving so constantly and it's, it can be overwhelming. So what are your best strategies for getting girls and kids of color to, to actually enroll in the class? You've talked about making it dynamic and fun and make, and helping kids to see that it's part of their future, no matter what direction they want to go in. But how do you get them to actually originally sign up? Well, I, I go to a lot of classrooms and I give them a sales pitch, just like I'm doing to you guys right now, you know? And I really, I really talk to them about, let's think of all the things that you do that interest you about a computer. Do you ever wonder how that actually happens? Like a lot of them like to get involved with social media, you know, video games, but there's all kinds of other aspects that, you know, you don't think about and go, have you ever thought, how about that works? How does your phone function? How does it actually do? Is it magic? So let's break down the magic and maybe you guys can think about doing something special that can change the world. And and that's what I really hook them with. Is I'd say, if you learn about computer science, you have the ability to change the world. You can impact people. You can, you know, make the world a better place. You can, you know, do community service programs with you computing. You can go ahead and create video games. You can get involved in music and art. You can, you know, whatever it is you think about. It's going to use a computer, and why not learn about it? Hey, when I was in high school, probably my one of my most memorable classes was the auto shop, right? Yeah. So I'm in auto shop. I learn how to, you know, change, do the carburetor, do change the brake pads. I learn all the, you know, the, all the systems really well. That's a very clean, you know, standard combustion engine. And you, you look at cars now. <laughs> And it's yeah. just, it's, it's, I, I wouldn't dare even open the hood or, you know, I mean, I, I have no business messing around with that. And I, and I, I got into it. I enjoyed, you know, doing some of the, some of the work. And I wonder if we're reaching an interesting point with computer science where like, it's, it's, you know, there's these, these computer programs we can use that are kind of like the old combustion engines. And when you look at a computer now or an iPhone or something, it's, it's far beyond that. So can a kid now, high school kid, get to the point where they're messing with 
an iPhone or, you know, where they're really inside the guts of the modern technology? And, and is that, how hard is that learning curve? What we're trying to do is get them a, a foot in the door. And yeah, make just it show so them what's possible. possible. And so there's like these programs that they can learn online called MIT App Inventor. The kids can actually create an app with this platform and they can actually put it on an Android phone and they can actually make it work. And we could do that in minutes. And that's really super cool. Um, but if, if you're going to tell me, you know, how in it, you know, how, if they can actually drill down and go into a, a, a vehicle where they have all these software that can be very complex, I am not sure. But what I do think is that it, it, they, I think it grows intellectual curiosity. I guess my question was more like, like, is the expertise getting so removed that that you have to go on some supercharged path to get there? Or are the steps there for everybody to get to the point where they can work on, on the most advanced stuff? Uh, the, I, the steps are there for everybody to work on. Okay. Good. Yeah. That that's that. Otherwise, how would we do yeah, it? Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's. I don't know if you ever heard of this national endeavor. It's called Computer Science for All. Mm -hmm. It started with the Obama administration, and the idea was to engage all children, you know, within computer science. So we think uh, many of my colleagues and I think that computing and computer science is just as important for kids to learn as it is for them to learn how to read, write, and do math because mm -hmm. they're going to use these devices all the time. And it really helps, you know, uh, it assists a lot in learning and understanding how they work really helps. So I think that is making the statements that are the steps there for everybody to engage and follow that path? Absolutely. So well, are you starting to see the dividends mm -hmm. from the work that you've done with the kids coming into your high school now? You know, so... When you first started your work in this area, I'm sure hardly any kids had any computer science experience in their background. But now you must be receiving kids who've done Hour of Code, who've taken maybe a little computer science or game design in middle school or something. Is it changing the Sweetwater High kids? You know, yes and no. I think uh, I still have a lot of children that have never been exposed to a computer science course. So we think about it, you know, we we had zero seven years ago. We now have a thousand kids that are currently taking computer science courses. Uh, we also have a large group of kids that had taken the courses the previous year. So we'd have to add those numbers as well. So I would say, for example, there's this, there's this course called AP Computer Science A. And to me, to me, that's the hardest computer science course that's offered in the high schools, we we had oh, we had zero offered like even three years ago, and then last year we had two high schools offer it. This year we have five. Cool. Next year we're gonna have eight high schools offering this. Have you seen any kids go on to higher education in computer yes. science? Yes. So there's literally kids that because you made the decision you made several years ago. Uh, there are kids now who are benefiting from that, who are pursuing a career they may not have had the opportunity to pursue had you not done that. Absolutely. I had a a young lady named Carla who uh, she actually, her and I got to go to the White House and present at a special event. And we met uh, Edward Felton, who's the, uh, I think he's director of computer science department at Princeton now. 
and he was so kind to us. But we went to uh, the White House, and we went in front of this large group, and here's Ed Felton recognizing her, a young, you know, Latina. Her, she's going to be the first person in her family going to college, and she's walking the halls of the White House. And, you know, and I have so many kids that have gone and have really tried. I have another young man. His name is Jose Waro. He's at UCSD. He's in his second year of computer science. And, okay, this is an amazing story. He, he came in and asked me, Mr. Lopez, can we start a community service program for our computer science high school kids? Can we start coding clubs with each elementary school? Got 10 elementary schools in the National School District. He started this pilot program. Today, we have 30 kids, three per each school site from our courses, mentoring and guiding coding clubs at each elementary school. And each school has 25 little kids, fourth and sixth grade, learning about computer science. So this is amazing. This is great. <laughs> so I, and this is why we're doing the show. But, you know, for anybody out there that's listening to this, San Diego obviously has a community of biotech startups, of computer. I have my friend owns a software engineering company. You know, there's lots of these entities in San Diego. What can they do to help you? We would love for industry partners to come in with us and talk to our kids, talk about their careers, talk about the potential for them to come in, maybe do internships, you know, uh, connect with them and, and, and tell the kids, this is what we need you to be able to do, you know, if you want to be a computer scientist. Hmm. And that, you know, we can also always use, honestly, our schools can always use funding. We yeah. we can, we have a we have a we have a, a running computer science programs are expensive. Well, you were they talking before cheap. the we were talking before we recorded that you also have to serve as kind of an IT professional and like keeping these computers updated and going and stuff like that. Like that must be incredibly draining. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll be. You know what we? I have to say this. We have a great IT department, at least in my district, okay. and the IT tech person is really awesome. But the thing is, is that we have to work together as a team and I have to help out with those things. And it's just part of our job, right? Because we want to make sure that the classroom environment is a place where we can really provide the best success for our kids. But yeah, you know, we can, yeah, we can use all the help we can get. And a lot of my colleagues do do the same things that I do. You know, we work on our machines to make sure they're running right. We want to make sure... Kids are doing the right things on them, um, but we we could certainly use help. <laughs> well, yeah. I know there's a lot of software developers and uh, academics and executives of all types that listen to this podcast. If you're out there, Art, contact Art and, and Sweetwater. Art, do you have a Twitter? Yes, at Art Lopez underscore CS. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, I have one more question. So sure. you went from being a teacher of computer applications or a math teacher into being a CS teacher. And as we're hoping for more and more computer science to be offered to kids, what does it take to get the teachers to teach those classes? I think that's a big um, barrier to the expansion. Yeah. You know what? I do not have a computer science background. <laughs> so yeah. when I did it, it was really daunting. But Beth provided us a training program with UCSD and now what uh, what they're attempting to do is develop uh, so there wasn't 
in place from the Commission on Teacher Credentialing, a credentialing uh, a credential for teaching computer science. So they had to revisit this. So recently, teachers that have a math, uh, business education, or industrial arts background can teach computer science courses. But now most other teachers are going to be required, or teachers that are just getting their credentials now, are going to be required to get a supplemental authorization. And so UCSD, for example, is developing a program for four courses that teachers can take in order to receive some training to teach these classes. But I I think that um, we have in place, like through the San Diego CSTA chapter, we're going to have in place for, where people can go and find out, teachers especially, find out what they need to do in order to be able to teach these kinds of classes. And just to let you both know that re- I have some really great news to share with you. California did not have computer science standards for grades K through 12. I am one of 21 members that are on this committee that we got appointed by the uh, uh, public uh, superintendent, Tom Torkelson, and the State Board of Education to serve on this committee. It's called the California Computer Science Standards Advisory Committee, and we're in the process of developing these standards. Cool. Beth Simon's the co-chair on there, and I, I got to be appointed as well. And we're really excited about the work, and we're really looking. This is a big step forward for computer science education. And there's going to be public commentary on these standards available in April. So we hope people will look at these. And what we're hoping will happen is that elementary schools will look at these standards and say, oh, we're going to offer a computer science component now from grades K. You know, you think about it. Can a little kid, kindergarten kid, start learning about computer science? Absolutely. You know, in China, they have kids take a computer science course every year starting from grade K till they graduate. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we really need to think about doing the same. Art Lopez from Sweetwater Union High School District, thanks for coming in. Thank you very guys very much. I'm, I'm really honored and privileged, and uh, I, I'm really grateful and appreciative that you allow me to get to speak on this topic. Thanks for listening to Voices San Diego Podcasts. This show is part of the Voices San Diego Podcast Network. Visit voiceofsandiego.org slash podcast. There you'll learn more about our award-winning arts and education podcast, Culture Cast and Good Schools for All, the Cura Chaos podcast about movers and shakers on both sides of the border, Beer Talk Radio, our business show, I Made It in San Diego, our sports show, The Kept Faith, and the rest of the shows in the network. Voice of San Diego is a nonprofit. The majority of our budget comes from grants and donations from readers and listeners like you. If you like the show, please take a minute to go to voicesandiego.org and click the donate button. Or if you have a business and would like to sponsor the show, contact development at voicesandiego.org or call 619-550-5664.